0: Hey everybody, Aaron here with a little update to our posting schedule Josh is going to be on a performing contract for June and July that will take him out of reliable Wi-Fi So we're going to be taking off the last week of those two months Don't worry though, we have plenty of great content already recorded Including three episodes of a campaign that I DM in Ravnica Which features our friends that did Candlekeep with us As well as some more appreciation podcasts and of course, the bracket finale Alright, now on to the episode. Creeping silently through the dragon's horde, two rogues,
1: Josh Karam
0: and Aaron Thompson, delve deep for the treasures held within. Lest they disturb, however, the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast that lurks there. Today, Josh, we're going back to a little Magic the Gathering topic. I know we've been a little bit distracted um, with our love of D&D, but don't worry, Magic fans, we have not forgotten about you.
1: Exactly. There was plenty of things brewing. There was just a lot of D&D stuff floating through our minds, and we were like, we got to do this, we got to do this, and then we looked at our Magic cards and we're like, oh no, we've, we've I'm forgotten. So sorry. I'm sorry, Great Greathenge. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Liliana. <laughs> yes, True. So yeah, we are we are delving into something that is a very cool thing that Magic started up about two years ago. Secret layers is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Or I should say secret layer. There's no S at the end, but I keep adding an S like there's multiple layers. Well, I
0: think it's because like you feel like each card drop is a different layer, you know? And exactly. this is L A I R layer, right? Yes. As someone who lives on like my street back home where I grew up, um ends with layer. And now everybody will be able to find where I live. (laughs) And it's so hard to pronounce that and to like give it to someone as like an address because they're like layer or lair or what are you saying? It's like how people can't say lure, L-U-R-E, lure, lure, lure.
1: That's going to suck for the D&D people who try to cast lightning lure.
0: Lightning lure, yeah. Yeah. If you're from the country (laughs) like I am, it's a Latin and lure. A Latin lure.
1: (laughs) So, there's been, like, a lot of news that pops up. I mean, every month there's a new Secret Layer drop. So, there's a brand new set of cards. But people are probably wondering what's special about it, right? If you don't know what Secret Layer is, it's like, isn't it just, like, another magic set? So, it's basically every month. It's a set of cards with different arts, reprints of different cards that are just kind of, like, a fun collector's item. Back in 2019... The first secret layer dropped.
0: A journey back to gold rush days. I say this because the first secret lair dropped in the summer of 2019 when Josh and I met in Alaska. And I was playing MTG Arena using my phone's hotspot to get on the internet. Because there was no Wi-Fi up there.
1: I remember trying to do like a Roll20 session for Waterdeep while I was up there. And I'm like, guys, we're not doing this. Mm-mm. I'm like, this, not happening. this isn't Can't. happening until I get back. Like, we're not making this happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's been some pretty cool ones. Like, early on, there was the Year of the Rat... So it was a bunch of rat cards that were reprinted. Uh, Theros got all those really cool god celestial arts. Just
0: absolutely beautiful artwork with all the gods looking like constellations.
1: And then you also, for International Women's Day, they reprinted a lot of really powerful women cards, which was super dope. Really great artwork. But I'd like to say like one of the big ones, because this is when I started getting into magic, that caught my eye was the Godzilla card. So like yeah. all the Godzilla cards and the Godzilla lands because especially the Godzilla plane where it's just this open field and Godzilla is just like, what's up? It's my domain. It was
0: timed <laughs> super well with the Acoria set, which, of course, for those of you who know magic, Akoria is also subtitled the Lair of Behemoths. So it's got all these gigantic monsters. It's the perfect setting to have Godzilla and all of Godzilla's pals.
1: It's so interesting because magic always, for a set, you could like go to one thing. Like let's say Strixhaven, it was very Harry Potter inspired, mm-hmm. or Call Time is uh, Norse mythology. You know, and we could go back and back. And it was really cool for the set that was inspired by Godzilla they were able to have the crossover with actual cards reprinted mm-hmm. as godzilla so these were all existing cards within the set they just have a godzilla alt art to them
0: right so like for example i play a lot with the lunar brood moth from akoria mm. and that's um that's like a straight reskin of mothra so if I were to ever get my hands on a Mothra, it would be it would play exactly the same.
1: So, this kind of brings up the main thing that we want to talk about. One, all the cool things that have happened with Secret Lair and sets that we really like. And things that we're like, ooh, I would love to spend money to get that one. And, by the way, when a set happens, it's only out for the month and then it's done. So, the value of these cards tends to go up significantly.
0: Right. I mean, and they're worth a pretty penny already, so...
1: Yeah, they aren't aren't cheap sets. Magic is money. But Godzilla was a really well-received crossover. But a couple months later, they did the Walking Dead crossover, and that didn't receive the same love as the Godzilla set. And this is spinning into now that Magic is rumored that they'll have, like, a Lord of the Rings set and a Warhammer collaboration. So we might be getting into an area where we have all these different universes entering the Magic universe... Aaron, I'm yes. I'm putting you on the secret layer deb- debate floor. Except okay. I'm pretty sure we'll have the same opinion. So, yes. uh, the secret layer uh, conference. What do you think it is about the Walking Dead set compared to the Godzilla set that turned people off?
0: Godzilla sort of already exists as a concept in Magic the Gathering. Like when you think about like when you strip down all of like the like the scientists and the like the nuclear radiation stuff, like at the end of the day Godzilla's just like a really big monster right, that terrorizes a town, which is just like a dragon, you know, like these are creatures that we've already sort of seen and are familiar with in a fantasy setting. It's not suspending too much disbelief, whereas like The Walking Dead, like sure, the zombies, that makes perfect sense, that seems fine, but the rest of it is a little bit too much of a stretch for people that probably are into magic because they love fantasy so much. You know, I don't want to play my equipment card that's like a gun. You know, I mean, I don't want to play an equipment card to begin with, but I don't want to well, play an equipment you. card that's a gun, especially.
1: <laughs> it's it's a really good point. I mean, it is like a new bridge because in one of the backgrounds of the Walker card, people talk about there's literally cars in the background, mm-hmm. just old beat up cars, not like any stylized thing, because I think there could have been a way that like you have the walkers as creatures and they're stylized in a way. So it's like, oh, they're just zombie tokens. Mm hmm. And that works. But yeah, when you look at these cards, they don't fit the mold of anything that has existed already. They're also brand new cards. They're not reprints. These are brand new cards to enter magic. Right. So that, that turned a lot of people off as well.
0: It's a very big stretch. A stretch that I don't think they would have as much trouble with if they reprint or if they like did Lord of the Rings stuff, you know? Because like we already have elves, you know, and we have like powerful rings. So it seems like you could very easily put some of those together.
1: There is, like, such a level of technology that has been described in Magic over the years. We have, you know, like, the Azette pumping things out, uh, crazy Strixhaven students with new tech uh, tinkerings or dwarves, but none of them have been like, guys, I created this car.
0: Right. <laughs> guys, I made a Ford pickup truck.
1: Exactly. We have the F-150 in Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. now. Like, it, it, it is, and it's kind of sad because... I was personally hoping when I first heard about the uh, reveal of this in the Zendikar Rising stream, I was like, oh, maybe they're going to, like, take them and make them look more fantasy. Like, they'll make Daryl, like, have an actual bow and arrow and, I don't know, maybe make Negan look more like a barbarian or something Mm -hmm. like that. But they they kind of just—the art's nice, but it really is just, hey— walking dead character boom that would
0: have been really cool to be like what would the walking dead be like if it took place in a fantasy setting instead you know something that's like the same situation where like hordes of zombies overtake the world which like is you know that's like a real threat to some campaigns depending on like what your big bad is like if it's a necromancer like a big zombie plague is real and then i want to see like what would our favorite walking dead characters i mean i never watched the walking dead because i don't like to be scared um but you know, other people's favorite Walking Dead characters, how would they then transition to be in a fantasy world and still be like themselves?
1: Godzilla is giant monsters, and Akoria mm-hmm. was already. And I guess you know, there was no set that this played off of as well,
0: which I'm not sure you need to necessarily play off of a set either. I think the main thing with a with the Akoria Godzilla thing is that there were cards that like were designed to be that, right? Like there was clearly like a reskin plan versus just making
1: new cards i mean it's similar to like if Strixhaven came out and then they did a harry potter reskin the other things people have brought up is just that the fact uh the cards aren't terribly overpowered though like they're kind of pretty mediocre cards there were people who were like oh this is gonna unbalance all of mtg and it's like they're Really basic mm-hmm. cards, like right. they're nothing special. To That's your sort tech. of
0: been part of my issue. So, like the first one I really looked into, almost getting the very first um, secret lair drop, Bitter Blossom Dreams, um, which has yeah. this like little fairy card that like ends up it like deals damage to you. It's not it's not my favorite, and I just often find that these cards, I would never actually play with them. I don't think so. Mm. Like, they're cool for a collectible thing. I like the concept of them, but I would never get most of them. They have, like, really cool stained glass versions of Planeswalkers that have showed up before, and I think those are gorgeous, and I would get those. So I would get, like, the card reprints, but I wouldn't get any of the new cards that I've seen so far.
1: What is your favorite secret layers you've seen, and what's one that you're like, this is really weird, or I'm going to pass on this one?
0: (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say... I'm not sure if this is stealing yours or not but I'm a big fan of the um, the 39th secret lair drop which was titled black is magic they did it for black history month and they featured um, black artists and did re skins um, of a couple different cards that have just been like popular in magic so they did one of Kaya they've done some featuring Teferi and it's just like it's just a really cool retake and a way to um, You know sort of answer some of the calls that people have had in the fantasy community that like sometimes it can get incredibly whitewashed and it was good to see you know some diversity show up here
1: I will not lie that that was also gonna be the one that I said was Mm -hmm. my favorite I think the art is so funky and I really give a lot of credit to magic in the past couple of years cuz D from the node he was on command zone a while ago and one of the vampires what he modeled for and he said like you know Magic the gathering of this really cool initiative where they were like we want more asian representation and vampire cards but if i could have a second favorite then yes just of course put another one out there and you already mentioned teferi so uh the extra life 2020 that dropped in november 2020 had this really beautiful art for teferi's protection and i talk about this i think Aww. way too much Sorry. with you where it is um, the card for people that don't know is <laughs> it is a very useful white card in Magic the Gathering where basically every permanent you have phases out for a turn and then comes back so it saves you a turn if like things are going wrong it's a picture of him uh, levitating his son with the quote I've walked a hundred worlds but you are my universe and I just think <laughs> like the extra life cards are so beautiful and poetic in that way
0: I'm like actively tearing up right now I knew about this card, I've read it before, and I'm still emotional.
1: Well, a good way to get that emotion knocked out of you, what is the set that you'd pass on?
0: Yeah, what would I pass? <laughs> Most of them are really cool. I mean, I'm not going to talk about the Walking Dead one because we already are aware that I'm not a fan. Let's see. Um, Some of them are just random, which I'm like, that's strange, but okay. Like there's one called OMG Kitties. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Which just like, has a bunch of cat cards in it. Which are very cute, but I'm like, what's happening here? Like, what was the goal for this? Why did you do it?
1: I think you're going to agree with me on mine. I get it, like, people are interested in it. But the full text lands.
0: (laughs) I knew you would say that. I left that one for you because I stole your first one.
1: I appreciate it. Instead of, like, for those of you who aren't familiar with magic, land cards are what you use to cast spells, and they usually have, really, it's either an island, a forest, a swamp, uh, plains or a mountain so it's this really nice scenic art
0: and you can even get like full art lands you don't even need any text on them
1: yeah all it is is just you tap it that's the only text mm-hmm. that it has to mention you tap the card to do it forgot to mention secret layers. the Bob Ross lands were pretty freaking cool oh they were gorgeous I to, love to Bob talk about Ross that. but the fact that there's no art on these cards and it is a full text document on a land it doesn't make sense to me I just don't get the appeal I'm trying, to, like. I'm
0: trying to find a picture because I sort of want to read it out to all to all of our fans. That way they can all promptly stop listening to the podcast.
1: Here, I if you'd like, I, I got it right in front of me. Of I course. can blurt it out. Yeah, hit it. Okay, this is this is for the island. Oh,
0: you could do it like the um like the side effects at the end of like a drug commercial.
1: Yeah. Oh, island. Basic land, island. This card's name is Island. Basic is its super type. land is its card type, and island is its subtype. A deck may contain any number of basic land cards with the same name. You may play this card during a main phase of your turn, while the stack is empty and you have priority. You may not play this land card if it is not your turn or if you do not have any lands plays left. While on the battlefield, this card is a basic land permanent. Because of its subtype island, this permanent has the intrinsic mana ability Tap Add Blue. This ability can be activated any time you have priority or are prompted to pay mana, but only while the island is on the battlefield to activate it, pay its costs, tap. The tap symbol denotes tapping permanence by rotating it 90 degrees. It is, it is tapped and it cannot be tapped again until it is untapped. Once the cost is paid, you add one blue mana, denoted by the blue symbol, which may—oh my God—which may then be spent immediately or left unspent for later use. As each phase or step of the turn ends, you lose any remaining unspent mana. Oh.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I hated that.
1: that. I hated that so much. That was
0: beautiful. And now all of our fans understand what land does.
1: I tripped over so much trying to go fast. I'm sorry. Well, that's
0: all right. You know, every time you tripped, I did chuckle. So. (laughs) <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I think, maybe I'm a black-aligned planeswalker. <laughs> hey. Because I'm evil.
1: We will do what it takes. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. We'll exactly. Do whatever
0: I'm ruthless.
1: Now, I need to cleanse the palate, so I want to do something fun right now. Okay. We're both Lord of the Rings fans here. Yes. We love it. What are the cards you want to see?
0: Ugh, Galadriel. Easy. She is my favorite character in all of Lord of the Rings. She's who I want to be. All shall love me and despair.
1: Do you have a color type by any chance?
0: Green and white, yeah. Green and
1: white. That's my thought.
0: That. Yeah, I mean, cause she's like the lady of the woods, you know, and she's got all that like moon vibe.
1: I want to see Gandalf. Do you want
0: Gandalf the gray or Gandalf the white, or do you want Gandalf like a the flip white? Card? I want
1: I want a blue white Gandalf the white. It would be cool if it's a flip. That's a mm-hmm. good idea.
0: That would be neat. I like
1: that. Yeah, you get the white when you flip it. Even though Gandalf is, I, I think it would be like blue and then blue white on the flip.
0: Oh yeah, I could see that. That makes sense because there is also a blue wizard.
1: Yes, that's a good point. Two of them.
0: Yes, there are two blue wizards, yes.
1: But it's like some like Agonem and Paladoon or something like so, that. That's I, probably I got in the,
0: the Silmarillion. I don't know.
1: My sister is reading it currently. I'll have to ask
0: <laughs> I have a joke way. with my friends that's, we just say, clearly you've never read the Silmarillion. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> someone doesn't get like anything, it could not be Lord of the Rings related. We're just like, mm, clearly you've never read this.
1: Oh, I love that. Also, we got to have like food, lamb, this bread tokens. Oh,
0: for sure. A frying pan, equipment.
1: Do you think there's going to be a lot of like quotes from Lord of the Rings as cards? There better like, be. back on the menu, boys. Uh
0: boil them mash them stick him in a stew
1: yeah it's like a sack card i don't know it, it would be mm-hmm. fun
0: oh that would be funny uh and i'm imagining too so many interesting location cards right like kinds of like special lands when oh, you think yes. about like um the mines of moria could be a really cool one or um Osgiliath, right
1: yeah rivendell
0: yeah Rivend. i mean clearly rivendell come on now Wait, or how Isengard. Can you can play your you know? without it yeah oh, that's, <laughs> that's what it's true. all about gladriel's not in rivendell but like i'll let you have it it's fine if we're probably going to get like some elf tribal um
1: elffrond tribal
0: oh oh <laughs> wow that was a bad stretch. pun
1: bad pun with Elrond. Elrond, sorry.
0: though however definitely blue and green cuz he sees the future that is true divination because it's just a secret lair, um there'll only probably be like at max 10 cards and i would just love to see like a lord of the rings set I think that would be so fun.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll have to see the popularity, right? I I guess it's like hard to do like a set where it's like, "Oh, this is Lord of the Rings inspired" because mm-hmm. all of D&D and magic was all inspired, but like yes. it's all inspired by Lord of the Rings so told Tolkien. Like... <laughs> for sure. So I think like out of any crossover Lord of the Rings is really perfect because it's the inspiration for all of this. Mm-hmm. Like all of this wouldn't be possible without it Lord of the Rings. It stems from
0: here, yeah. Similarly, I want to see the Even Star as an artifact, because that's oh, yeah. gorgeous, you know?
1: That'd be super cool. I'm really curious how this is going to work with copyright, but I guess they'll make it work, right? Because when D&D was coming out, they couldn't use the term Ent or Hobbit. Yeah, Ent or Hobbit, because it was, uh, you know, in Lord of the Rings. So I wonder if they make, like, tree Ent cards, if they're allowed to use Ent, or if they make Halfling cards, they could use Hobbit. Right, I don't or know. They, or they'll say, "No, we're never going back." Mm-hmm. At this point, we're deep. in
0: too deep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're like a bunch of dwarves in Moria.
0: Yes, we we all mined too deep.
1: Well, we'll get our little halfling rogues. I know we'll get them.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if you knew, but in the intro, we were halfling rogues.
1: Oh, we had to be. With our how little else are we furry feet. Sneak around. Yeah. Yeah. How are we <laughs> how are we gonna make it around? We gotta be master burglars.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just smoking pipe weed and eating food. <laughs> What a great life halflings have.
1: They really have the luxury. As long as Sauron doesn't invade. They
0: literally just, like, say no. They're like, stop it, you. It's like he's a Scooby-Doo villain.
1: So silly. It's it's eagle logic in mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. That just yes. happens so much.
0: So we already know that Lord of the Rings is on the horizon. But what other fantasy, or maybe not, things would you like to see in a secret lair as, like, a theme?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. I thought about this with the inspiration of Soul Calibur. It's not Soul Calibur. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see The Witcher. I'm going to tell you why. Because there is, in, like, in Soul Calibur, uh, The Witcher travels through a dimensional rift into the world of Soul Calibur. And when that happened, I was kind of like, oh, this is cool, because there's already in, like, this weird subsection of canon, the Witcher going into different realms. Mm -hmm. So I would just love to see a Geralt Planeswalker and just all the other great monsters and magic that are in the Witcher, because I think that would translate pretty well into MTG. It's a very high fantasy world. Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely. I have two trains of thought here, one of which I think is more feasible. So I either want to see them go full sci-fi and do like a really like a space thing, right? Something that's like sort of far realms adjacent. Maybe you could talk about mind flares and the astral plane, you know? Or or, or like something maybe like that's Mass Effect inspired, which is like the same company, Mm. BioWare, that makes Dragon Age, you know. And I think there's ways to make those like super sci-fi weapons a bit more fantasy than they did with The Walking Dead. Either that or something that's like super fantasy steampunk inspired. So you can get like a bit more into machines. But not, like, the whole way to, like, here's the Ford F-150.
1: I know this isn't so, like, full-on steampunk, but a lot of people talk about how they love integrating, like, Final Fantasy VII into mm-hmm. their Eberron campaign. Oh, yeah. So there may be a cool, like, Final Fantasy crossover. that. You it's can probably really just that. because
0: I'm playing a lot of Eberron right now. I'm, like, thinking about Eberron, so I'm like, everything can be steampunk.
1: Every Everyone has top hats and steam whistles. And monocles, out. yes. And monocles, Yes. What a crazy fashion sense. I I love it. I love
0: it. It's just gears on everything.
1: I just hope, and I don't know because I don't know what they teach in schools, but I really hope that there's kids who are like, oh, right, yeah, in the late 1800s where they all were steampunk. Mm-hmm. Yes, right at the turn of the century. Oh, that'd be great. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out.
0: We will have to wait and find out.
1: But let's pillage this secret lair. Let's,
0: Let's snoop around as our halfling rogues or maybe our halfling paladins. Yes, because halflings get a little charisma buff if you're using the, you know, PHB racial bonuses. There can only be one to enter the finals, and it's either the rogue or the paladin.
1: We got our spellcaster. Now it's time to find our martial class to mm-hmm. fight yeah. the druid.
0: Both of which have had incredible success. Um, the, Both the rogue and the paladin have sort of swept up.
1: I'm pretty sure both were uncontested, right?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because the rogue um, in round one beat the barbarian, and then could just trounce the ranger
1: and then paladin easily defeated the monk and then the blood hunter i know which i'm so sad about just had to happen but only one may stand
0: so the i think the thing that set the paladin ahead of its contestants in the martial bracket has been its ability to do spell casting right on top of being an incredible damage dealer So it has those two really going for it. And of course, then the rogue's utility on top of its damage output make it also a worthy adversary.
1: It was very clear for the druid versus the sorcerer because dividing it into our three categories, the druid just had more points. Right. But I say that paladin support, number one, compared to the two. The the paladin Mm -hmm. is clearly higher in support. Utility, I really think the rogue supersedes the paladin. For sure. I think the paladin has great utility, with things outside, but not as much as the face, Mm -hmm. I think. And you can make an argument that paladins are charismatic, so they can carry some of that, but they lack in the expertise when it comes to these skills.
0: Also, I often find that the way people play paladins can make them very clunky as a face and end up getting their party into perhaps more trouble than it's worth.
1: That's a good point. There's usually a very lawful nature attached to a paladin.
0: Mm -hmm. Which can sort of be difficult if you're trying to talk yourself out of something. You know, mm-hmm. or if you're in a, one of those campaigns where maybe you need to do a little bit of espionage.
1: So it's really going to come down to what we think is the stronger combat class, if mm-hmm. it is the rogue or the paladin. And it's tough because there's very valid points. We talked about the smites with the paladin and how great with its spells it could do damage. But sneak attack with a rogue, on the other hand, yeah. is I- insane.
0: I think it comes down to, like, they're two very different fighting styles, right? Because the rogue is much more like guerrilla warfare, like, get in, get out, do big damage, but then disappear, right? Yes. Versus the paladin can stand right in the center and just, like, take hits and be a tank and then also, like, just absolutely blow people out of the water with smite. So, I don't know. I feel like the paladin's tankiness just gives it a little extra nudge, right? But, I mean it's just it's just so hard to quantify these things and of course i'm biased because i love i play a rogue in our home campaign and i love her and she's phenomenal and put up really big numbers this past week so
1: i think oh yeah no really really high damage it's because i I crit
0: i I mean that's when you crit as a rogue it's all over
1: all them dice get re-rolled it's crazy Mm. so i'm thinking you and i we're in a party right and there's one other party member it could be a rogue Or a paladin Mm -hmm. it's really fun the utility of the rogue don't get me wrong they have someone sneak around get things disguise themselves but when it comes to being in combat and the lengths of how long it's going to take because in the end Mm -hmm. i'm not going to weigh in the utility and the support because i think they're going to cancel each other out it is the sole combat the paladin i believe is going to last longer than the rogue
0: which is there's also a bias here for having tanks right so i'm thinking about it like we're in the abyss right so imagine that our paladin is instead a rogue and how does that change the way that we navigate the abyss and is it better or worse right in a fight because i i think i'd rather have Felwyn every day no offense to you know the rogue we almost had that couldn't play with us we would like to have you too
1: and i know this is going to be crazy i don't think this is a valid excuse because we could do it the other way but like i just became the rogue of the party because i was just the most charismatic character right and i'm almost playing the rogue without playing the class i mm-hmm. get the benefits of what a rogue would do but that's that's not a valid enough excuse for voting for the paladin i don't think but i think the damage output in the combat a pluser here is going to be the paladin it's mm-hmm. very close though but the it's vote's got to go paladin too cuz the paladin, the
0: paladin is dependent on spell slots for their big damage moves And if they're being Mm. split between, you know, casting support spells and doing smites versus the rogue can never run out of sneak attack.
1: Okay, I know I said that I was going to vote for the paladin, but you brought up so many points I really wasn't thinking about. And I've played a rogue before and it's fun, but I never really thought, like, it is just a different style of combat. And I think there's only one way we could determine this final spot.
0: (laughs) I agree. So, welcome back, audience. We've missed you. I've missed you.
1: I'm sorry it's been so long. We've had so many just really easy ones for us to decide, but this is a true nail-biter. This is
0: tough Mm -hmm. for us. I went in also ready to vote for the Paladin, and then the more I started talking, the more I was like, we'll have to see about it. So, let's let the fate decide. Go to them Instagrams and Yeah, check out my Instagram. I'm going to put it up on Tuesday. Which is today, if you're listening on the day the episode drops, you can always shoot me a DM too if you miss the poll, because we won't record our answer until the finale. So, like, I'll probably post what the results are on Thursday, so you have some time.
1: Yes, and I've I've had people direct message me too. Your vote is counted. Mm-hmm. You are in the. You are process. heard.
0: There is no electoral college here. Your vote is real.
1: All right. So we look forward to who will be the Marshall winner in mm-hmm. this case.
0: Yeah, who's going to go up against the druid?
1: Exactly. Also, I think we should mention that we're going to have something a little special mm-hmm. once the martial class is chosen. Yeah,
0: just a little tease.
1: So, hold on to your chairs or your headphones or steering wheel if you're driving and listening to this. Don't oh don't God. let go. Please be careful. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. So, get ready for the finale. It's going to mm-hmm. be a good time. The reason why it's going to be a good time is it's going to be a death match between the two classes. Whatever our martial class is versus the Druid. And I think it's fair to say that one of us will be doing the spellcasting side while we'll be doing the martial side. I bet you can't guess who will be playing the you Druid. You never know. In the battle, but I am, <laughs> I'm very excited to see which class. It's gonna be two level 10 classes going head to head. We're gonna have a super cool DM ref there to make sure mm-hmm. all the rules are played by Seth will be joining us for that. We're going to make the fight fun, too. Oh, we don't want it just to be a slog of, like, okay, I hit.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Which you was, hit now. Yeah, that was part of the reason why we chose not to do level 20. Because yeah. we were talking it out, and I was like, at some point, this would just become us rolling dice at each other. So we also tasked our DM ref, Seth, to make for us um, an arena that's going to really challenge us you know, in terms of our character's versatility to try and adapt to their circumstances so i'm excited to see what he's cooked up we have no idea
1: it's going to be really exciting this is this is a finale that i'm looking forward to a lot
0: Mhm. so i hope you all will enjoy it too because we are going to turn that into a full episode
1: yeah so stay tuned to the Dungeons gatherers podcast because aaron i don't know if you know it's no secret layer that <laughs> you have to get into to like and subscribe to the Dungeons gatherers podcast <laughs>